All right, everyone say it with me now. Five gold rings. Five golden rings. That's some bling, let me tell you. And with that, Cindy, I have to ask, who do you think is the wealthiest person in all of history? Lil Wayne. No. No, I'm just kidding. I was thinking, didn't he actually come up with the term bling? bling no, he's not, no, he's not the inventor of bling. Oh, okay. So the mo- the richest person, Midas. No, he's mythical. But good guess. I give up. Well, I would have, I, I wouldn't have been disappointed if you had said Bill Gates, Rich. Jeff Bezos, or even Elon Musk. As of May 2021, Jeff Bezos's value is about 18, excuse me, Jeff Bezos's value is about 187 billion with a B dollars, US dollars. Um, so, I mean, that's no sum to really shake a stick at. However, that's less than, <laughs> that's less than half the amount of money that the richest person in all of history was worth, estimated. Does the name Mansa Musa ring any bells? Yes, it actually does ring a bell, but I don't know why. I really have heard That's... of it. Oh, I know why I've heard of it. <laughs> because it's in our podcast list. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> That's the only reason why I know I was, okay, spoiler alert, I was going to cover him in another we do have a running list of like our podcast topics that we'd like to cover and people in history we'd like to cover. And so when this opportunity presented itself, I said, you know what, let me just jump on it and get it out of the way. So yeah, so Mansa Musa was the king of the Mali empire um, during the 14th century uh, CE. So he began his reign in 1312, which if you ask me, I think he has the, the most interesting Um, ascension to power story that I have ever heard. So he, his family was no stranger to, um, to power. This isn't a rags to riches kind of story by any stretch of the imagination. Um, The emperor who preceded him was uh, Abu Bakari II. And um, Musa was asked to become his, um, like a vice president almost, um, in case something happened to him or something like that. And this was very, very common at this time period um, for leaders in Mali. You have the, like your backup guy. So one day, Abu Bakari II decides he wants to find out what's on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. So he gets a, a approximately 2,000 ships together and he sets sail. He, set, he gets about 2,000 ships together and sets sail west to see what is on the other side of the horizon. And he never returns. <gasps> so Musa becomes king. And Mansa is actually, um, it's an honorary title, just like Khan is, or like mm-hmm. Genghis Khan. So he becomes the leader uh, of the Malian Empire. And at the height of his power, he this includes the modern countries of Senegal, um, Gambia, Guinea, uh, Niger, Nigeria, Chad, Martyrinia, Mali, Burkina Faso, and Ivory Coast. So Musa w- had made 
quite a bit of money from the salt and gold trade. Um, the area of the world in which Mali is located, um, to the north, you have uh, the Sahara Desert and you've got salt mines. And then to the south, you've got rich deposits of gold. And he was able to capitalize on taxing both of those items as they were traded um, in opposite directions. And so he didn't just make his money by mining these, these items, but also taxing them as well. Very smart guy. Um, but he wasn't really that well known until he went on a Hajj, which is a journey to Mecca in 1324. He traveled, me, so to get to Mecca from the Malian Empire, he had to travel approximately 4,000 miles. And let me tell you, Mansa Musa did it in style, and he didn't do it alone. He had about 60,000 people, so we're talking slaves, servants, soldiers, supporters, who journeyed along with him across the Sahara um, to they stopped in Cairo, they stopped in Mecca, and he was so wealthy and so just generous with his wealth and just gave it out so freely that he single-handedly was able to cripple the economy of Cairo for a decade because he gave out so much gold and devalued gold so much in that Egyptian city by his one visit. That's how wealthy he was. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. One visit. Well, you figure 60,000 people just, you know, come upon the city in one, you know, for one trip. And they use all their gold and everybody's got some gold. You get gold. It's like it's it's the ultimate version of the Oprah holiday episode. <laughs> and by all accounts, he treated... Everyone who traveled with him very well, like even his slaves were said to be like outfitted in the finest silks. They, uh, they carried golden spears. Like he, they were literally dripping with wealth and extravagance. Because if you have $400 billion with a B in modern money, it's, that's never, that's like your children's children's children never have to ever worry about money. You can just bandy about like it's nothing mm -hmm. i can't even conceptualize having that much wealth it's it's insane um they, but he did he also used his money for um for a number of charitable purposes and furthering education within his own country um furthering the arts he built they said that he built a mosque every single friday during his reign and one of the mosques that he was that he built still stands today, and you can go visit it in really? Timbuktu. Yes. Really? Yes. So wait, he built them all like across throughout his travels, um, throughout the empire. As far as I know, not during his travels, but more just like across the Malian Empire, which spans hundreds and hundreds of miles. So just anywhere you can throw up a mosque, it sounds like he was putting them up. Mm -hmm. um, he also. <laughs> He also founded a number of universities, some of which are still in existence today. And he he did quite a bit to um, enrich in his country. And at that time period, Timbuktu was considered like the height of like the epicenter of culture, of learning. It attracted thousands of scholars from around um, around Africa and um, parts of the Middle East to come and study and and learn and enrich in themselves. 
That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And he, I'm not sure exactly when he died. I've, I've seen conflicting dates. I've seen 1332. I've also seen 1337. Um, and because of, you know, his travels on the Hajj, um, his reputation eventually made its way to Europe. And you have maps from like the 14th and 15th centuries that he literally put the Malian Empire on European maps just based on this one enormous trip that he took. And it was, it's been viewed as like the El Dorado of Africa that a lot of Europeans had this idea that it was literally a city, you know, covered in gold based on how wealthy he was and how much he did to build up the city itself. And for a lot of Europeans, it sounded, it was a very attractive, um, some of the, some people thought of it almost as a myth because at this time period, you know, the 1300s, um, Europeans are dealing with the bubonic plague. They're dealing with civil wars left and right. They're dealing with just like their economy is absolutely crippled. So it's, it's no wonder that this, like the, the idea of, um, you know, like this golden city state on a hill would sound so attractive. He became almost like a mythological, mythological figure. So that begs the question, what happened to all his money? Just, I guess, it just got spent. It got spent, but probably by his generations, generations yeah. of children. And mm-hmm. wow. are there any like legends out there about where gold might be hidden? No. Yeah. It's, it's like it's all gone. No, it's, it's all, all gone. gone. It's all gone. There's no fairy tale. It's all gone. No, no. But I have seen some um, YouTube videos that have gone into a number of, of the mosques in Timbuktu that were built by him. And there are just literally boxes and boxes, just huge, um, I can't even, just, they're just enormous trunks filled with um, texts from the date, all the way back from, you know, 1100. Um, just that have not been translated into any other languages besides Arabic. So if you ask me, the treasure is really there. We need, I don't, I, I have to do more research. I don't know if any of these texts have been scanned. <laughs> the treasure is in the treasure. The treasure is in the gold. Five golden rings, not five books of information. The real treasure is friendship, Cindy. You and I making this podcast together. This is Mansa Musa's legacy. Friendship. I don't want money. I want money. I want four hundred I want four hundred billion dollars. That's what I want. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the story of Mansa Musa. Five golden rings.